Right. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Look at talk starts now. Welcome, one. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Look at Talk podcast. It's your boss, man, V. Jones, holding it down in the great state of Florida. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we got an exclusive round. Joining me tonight, she is the host of the Say It Loud podcast. It's Miss Karen L. How you doing, Karen? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you surviving this damn quarantine apocalypse? Oh, my God. It's so weird. Um, at first, I was like, it's not that bad. I have more time to do all the things that I love and entertain myself and exercise and cook. And then, like, two days this week, I was like, bruh, man, I don't know. I don't know how long I can do this. Like, I can't. I cooked everything in the house. I organized all the cabinets. I'm, so it's tough. It's tough. It's definitely tough, especially here in New York. Yeah, don't tell how you cook everything in the house with all them <laughs> damn restaurants. And I'm pretty sure they do takeout in New York. They do do takeout, but I've been kind of nervous with the takeout stuff. And um, so I do some takeout, but other times I just cook because I'm bored now. You know what I mean? Like in my regular life, I never had enough time to cook and I was running in and out and I'm going to work and I'm going to school and I'm juggling the kids. And then, you know, quarantine hits and you're like, okay, well, you know, I can cook a five course meal because I don't have anything else to do. Damn, it's like that. <laughs> you could cook a five course meal. I, we bored? did, we did, yeah, we did, we did a couple courses because we were just bored and we were like, all right, let's just do it. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting. It's very interesting. I mean, New York is the city that never sleeps, right? Yes. Times Square is always open. Four o'clock in the morning, there's you know people out there walking around buying hot dogs, and so for it to be at a state of standstill is just and i've lived here my whole entire life i've never seen anything like this yeah i've seen pictures of new york and Times square i'm like i'm used yeah. to that place just being crowded and yeah. busting but yeah the people that live here don't even want to go there because we're like it's just tourists they're all staring at the sky like you know what i mean so usually it's just so much movement there and it's shut down the theaters are all closed broadway's closed can't do anything which is it's crazy for New York, because we're never like that. You know, bars are open, restaurants are open, and, and when right now we have nothing. We have nothing. There's no sense in leaving that's your the, house. You can't go anywhere. That's exactly what it is, especially when you, well, I've experienced that this week working from home. I'm like, damn, I got everything I need. So it's like, I got no reason to drive. I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm one of those people I'm used to leaving my house every day. But last week, I literally stayed in the house all week. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's how it is for me. I leave like once a week and everything I need to do, I just get it done on that one day, couple hours, and I'm back in the house because there's nowhere to go. Even if you want to go anywhere, you can't go anywhere. There's nothing open. There's nowhere to go. Nothing open, nowhere to go. And by the way, I, I know I'm in Florida, and I know Florida may have opened some beaches. Just so y'all know, those are tourists. I'm, I'm just going <laughs> Those are definitely tourists because... Real Floridians don't fuck with certain beaches, so I'm going to say that. Yeah. At least you guys have beaches, though, that you could go to. It's still cold in New York, so we can't go to any beaches. Even if we were social distancing that far, we couldn't even go if we wanted to. Damn, it's April, and it's still cold in New York? Yeah, it's about 57 degrees in the day and goes down to maybe 40s at night. Damn. Yeah. yeah. I feel bad for you, New York. Yeah, I see why a lot of your, your kind of flock to Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you guys got sunshine and palm trees and we don't have that here. <laughs> we don't have that at all. <laughs> you know, New York is a whole culture in itself. Yes. New York is definitely a whole culture. But let's get into it. Let's all talk right. about your podcast, the Seth Loud podcast. Yeah. Tell me about it. Um, so I am an artist at heart. Right. And um, over the last few years, um, I've been teaching. I'm an educator and I wasn't happy. And I just was like, I'm so creative and I'm so funny and I'm so silly. And I just felt stagnant in who I was as a person. I was like, this is not me. How can I create an outlet for myself um, to do some of the work that I want to do? And I have an undergrad degree in media communications. I've always wanted to work in media and art. And I, I did that for a while. And then, um, you know, when I got divorced and I had to like get a grown up job with direct deposit every two weeks, I was like, all right, I can't, you know, I got to do something more serious. And I went back to school and became a teacher. But um, creatively, I'm always like, that's not me. I need to do something else. And so, um, yeah. And so I launched a podcast and I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to put it out there and see what, see what happens. And one of my friends were like, what are you waiting for? 
and I did it. And um, yeah, it just took off. It just has a, it just has an energy now and a mind of its own. And I am so happy and blessed because I didn't know what to expect, but I didn't expect this. That's real. Yeah. That's real. And also salute to you for being a teacher. You know what I'm saying? Because you, I, I'm one to say it. I show love to all the teachers that come through the podcast. I've had plenty of teachers that came on and be been guests. I say salute to you. I appreciate you. Work your hard work. Yeah. Because you tolerate the the kids when they are their worst. So yeah, you know, it's, I, it's, I, I, it's, I really it's rough you. work. It's rough work. Like you think you're tough. You're not really tough till a kid be like, that's why I hate you. And that's why you ugly. <laughs> I'm throwing this computer out the window. Remember I work in the middle of New York city. So, you know, Ooh, <laughs> you know yeah, it's, it's tough work, but I don't get bored. It's different every day. And to honestly tell you the truth, the only thing I really do love about it is the kids. So you don't get bored with the kids? No, 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 no. They keep me on my toes. They give me good music. They're like, Miss Mario, you got your sneakers on. You know what I mean? Like, I walk in with my Jordans on. Like, no, they, they're good people, and they just need a voice, and they need an outlet and somebody to have a relationship with. And that's, the honestly, the most fun part of it for me, that I do get to have those relationships with kids, and I do get to talk to them and, you know, be real with them and kind of show them that there's other things out there, you know, for them to aspire to. Hey, that's real. Yeah. Though. That's real. And we need, we definitely need that. So how do you think the parents are handling it now, now that they have to watch their kids 24-7 I think, since all the schools have I been think closed? that parents had no idea really what teachers did. I think they're just now trying to understand like, oh, oh, this is what you do at school. You know, because a lot of parents just kind of like put their kids on the bus or send their kids to school and say, okay, you got to go. But they don't really know what's happening there. They're not really taking the time to engage with the kids and see what they're doing and know the work. It's just like, oh, do your homework. But like when you tell a kid, you they don't, you know, if they don't understand and you're like, help me, then you're getting to see what it is that they're actually doing. And so I actually think this is a good opportunity for, for parents to understand what teachers do and what your kids are doing at school and who they are academically, you know, cause you have a lot of parents. I love them, but they'll come to school and be like, why did you fail my kid? They know how to do so-and-so and so. And then you talk to the kid and the kid be like, no, I, I told you, I didn't know how to do it. You know what I mean? And so I think sometimes parents are really hard on their kids with what their expectations are, but they're not realizing who the kid are kid is maybe as a learner or, or, or what their interests are. You know what I mean? I had a kid one time, he would fail my class and then I, I covered music and he played the piano and I said, who taught you that? And he said, no one, I'm home every day by myself and I just watched videos and I learned how to do it. When I tell you after that, I was like, I don't care if he fails my, my class because he has a talent that nobody else can touch. Like this is his thing. You know, and so that, yeah, real. and so and not everybody's gonna do all the same thing, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't. Have, his mom probably don't even know he know how to play the piano like that. You know what I mean? Because it's always like, well, why are you not doing this well in school? But maybe he struggles in school, but he knew how to play the piano with his eyes closed. You know. Yeah. Listen, honestly, I feel like parents they need to invest into a child's talent because I feel like their talent can get them paid more than a simple piece of paper on an education. Especially parent. in the environment where we are now. You know what I mean? We've had the Microsoft, like Bill Gates was in and out of school. Um, Steve Jobs was in and out of school. You know what I mean? We have people running Fortune 500 companies who didn't necessarily take that natural route we would expect everybody to go. And look at where they have gone with their accomplishments so if your child does have a talent or your child is good at something and you see something in them then you can celebrate that and it might not always be academic it might not be that you know what i mean i always tell people all the time because i'm always like you can't be a stupid person and be a drug dealer i'm not condoning selling drugs i'm telling you that that person's not stupid Yes, that's true. That's that's definitely true. Because drug dealers, you got you got to be smart. If you can run a drug business, you can run any business. Thank you. And honestly, that's why I really want to tell some of these people that are still out here dealing drugs. And you know, you know, we got that target on our back. It's like if you could do that, you could run. A yeah, you business. could. Start, you could take that same money business. and start a business and run a legit business and grow as an entrepreneur. You can. You can. Yes, yes, you can. That's real. So I've asked you this because we just recently celebrated this. So what was it like for you when you got to that 100th episode of your podcast? Um, It was me jumping up and down and drinking champagne in my living room by myself. 
um, because I really didn't go out and celebrate. I, I didn't, I, like, I knew it was coming, but I really didn't, you know, plan on how I was going to celebrate it. You know what I mean? I just celebrated with myself and, you know, a tear or two in my eye because you know what it is? It's crazy. Like you do something. And for me, like as much as I'm a secure person, I'm always like, is it good enough? Is it good enough? Is it good enough? And so when you hit certain numbers, you're like, wow, you know what I mean? I didn't know anybody was going to listen and look at this. So I'm very humble in, in my experience and, and in being able to take my voice and, and share it with, with other people. And then, you know, get that energy back, you know, and people are like, they hit me up, they text me, they email me, they DM me, they repost. And I'm just in awesome. Even, even now, sometimes I still don't believe it. I'm just like, wow, look at this. This person felt this way. And I try to interact with all the people and let them know I, I appreciate them because I really do feel that like, you know how busy your day is. Even when it's not busy, it's busy. So for someone to stop in the midst of all the things that they're doing, cooking, walking, running, going to work, listening to music and say, you know what, I'm going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to send somebody some love. I appreciate that because they don't have to do it. They could just get on with whatever it is yeah. that they're doing and, it, and it'd be like nothing. So I definitely appreciate every every moment, every person that, that does that for me. Yes, that's real, and I definitely agree with that. Um, I've I've experienced that myself. I've shown love to people like, hey, thank you for support, and thank you for the support. Even when, even I even get the encouragement, just keep going because even get listeners, you didn't even realize yeah. you're listening because, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Some days I'm like, so I don't like, feel like people are listening. Like I just don't feel like that. And then uh, you know, two three days later, you're just getting all this love pouring in, and you're like, damn, like I didn't even realize, you know, this could happen from this. You know what I mean? Or sometimes I I put out episodes, and I'm like, yo, this is hard. I don't know how people are gonna take it. You know, this is tough. And then people come back, and they're like, oh my god, I was thinking the same thing, or you know, I wanted to talk about that, or you inspired me, or whatever. And I just I just think that I think that we in a place where we just need to like love love and love each other and love on each other and support each other because that's the only way we're gonna grow as a people. That's that's definitely real. It's like even even I had to reach back out to some old people I used to do shows with, they said, Hey, we still were listening now because you be have some good <laughs> conversations and Honestly, it, it it touched my heart when somebody asked me, "Hey, I want you to be my mentor." When I saw yeah. my podcast, I said, "You know what? You got." I'm like, "Damn!" I said, "Damn!" I didn't hit OG status. Damn, I'm I'm around here yeah. mentoring people, I'm, and I still haven't feel like I'm master. Yeah, but it's still yet, something but, that you get to share with somebody else, and that's amazing. You know what I mean? Or somebody saw something in you that they were like, "Okay, this is somebody I could trust to learn from," and I think that in itself is inspiring. Yes, I, de I definitely think I definitely feel that way. So let's talk about your last episode, the pastor, the professor, and the podcast. Yeah, what was it like putting them all three? Of That's them one the person. It was one person who is a pastor, what? a professor, and dropped the podcast recently. And I was just, um, and also one of the rising stars of Rockland, New York, which is, and I live in New York. So I thought it was pretty interesting to have somebody that age with those accomplishments, uh, sit down and kind of talk to me, you know what I mean? Cause when I think about a pastor, I, and I said this in the interview, if you watch that, when I think about a pastor, I usually think of like an older man and he's going to come in and I'm going to have to sit all proper and I can't say bad words. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you, if you listen to me talk, you're like, Oh damn, does a mama know she talk like that? Um, so, and, and, and then walks in this young man who's the same age as not, not, I mean, he's not a baby, but you know, this man, that's my same age, you know, a handsome man works out, takes care and has this conversation. And you're just looking at him like, really? Like you the pastor, you know what I mean? And like, <laughs> okay, pastor. and then, you know, to have, um, his accomplishments as a uh, professor in school and then to drop a podcast, I just was like, yo, this is cool people. He got to come talk to me. So we were able to chop it up. And then them two are, 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 um, dropping a podcast three kings so it was kind of an interesting conversation it was very interesting to kind of like pick the brain of somebody you know and i asked him simply i was like uh so do your friends treat you different because you're the pastor like do you still go out you know um so it was, it was an interesting interview i've been really lucky to kind of so far interview some really interesting people and it's been really diverse um, but they're all people that i think when my listeners listen to someone i want them to walk away with something, even when it's just me, because sometimes it's just me. Um, I want them to walk away with something, 
you know, whether it be, um, you know, motivation or it be learning how to juggle life or your emotions or just, I want to be able to share information that enlightens people, even though it come off a little rough sometimes, you know what I mean? Like I'm very honest and blatant about it, but I still want people to walk away with something. And so I try to bring people to the show that, um, that can share, that can share and enlighten all of us in something. And honestly, that's and honestly, that's part of the reason I've gone on a run of just having nothing but straight just guest interviews lately because yeah, I feel like everybody has a story and everybody has something to share and everybody has a moral to their story, which is so different and also it's building connections as well. So yeah, and I sometimes you don't, you know, that. we see the end result. We don't know the journey that it took somebody to get there, and I think that's important too. You know, I have an episode out with Intakana, who's a rapper, who's amazing. Um, but you know, listening to him rap was amazing, but then listening to the story to how he got to start writing was even more amazing. You know what I mean? And so I think that there's times like that when we have in those conversations that are just as interesting, you know, like, yeah, people have a talent, but how did they find it? And how did they get there? And what was the process? And what was the work like to become any of those things? And like I said, I was talking to Weldon and he was, I was like, how did you know you wanted to be a pastor? Like, when did that calling come to you? What did it look like? You know, and so being able to tell people's stories too, in a way that somebody else might have a story and they're bottling it up and they're like, no, nah, I didn't listen to myself. I didn't listen to my soul. I didn't listen to whatever. And then now I'm in this platform where people are sharing those stories and I'm like, huh, you know? So it's interesting. Yes, it's definitely interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Look at Talk podcast. If you haven't done so already, pull up a drink or two because the more you drink, the better this podcast <laughs> is going to sound. Ladies and gentlemen, I got the beautiful hey. the host of the Say It Loud podcast with me, and we're doing this exclusive round for you, ladies and gentlemen. So go ahead and pull up that shot of tequila or whatever you like to drink, whatever you sip on. And if you don't drink, Roll some weed. And if you don't do that, well, do something to get lit because you got to enjoy this podcast. So tell me about your story. What got you into podcasting? Um, so I started out, before I started podcasting, I actually started out with a production company. I made a, and a, a photography and I made a short film and I kind of like put it out there and I won an award and I was like, oh, I didn't know I could do this. And then um, more recently, a couple people have asked me to be on their podcast or to start a podcast. And I was like, okay, you know, this is fun. And then eventually I just got to the point where I'm like, I'm going to do my thing because creatively I want to be able to kind of gear what I'm talking about and the direction that the show is going. So sayeth means to say in the third person. A lot of people don't know that. They're like, why you name your podcast Sayeth? Like everybody else podcast got some other name and sayeth is not something that it's not a word that you hear all the time. It means to say in the third person. Um, and it also means someone who speaks well. And so I was like, oh, that's dope. I was in London when I saw that somewhere. And I was like, oh, that's dope. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a use sayeth. And then loud, because um, I feel like if you have something to say, you might as well say it loud. And so um, that's how I came about the name Safe Loud. And I was like, all right, if I'm going to name the podcast, that's what I'm going to name it. And um, it's under the umbrella right now, Safe Productions. And my goal is to use it as a platform so that I could use other forms of medium to also tell stories. So I really want to write and I want to produce um, short films and I want to do a series. Hopefully somebody will pick it up. You know, I'm speaking it into existence, um, you know, like Netflix or something and do a, a, a mini series or something like that. And so I really just wanted to give voice to a lot of things and art. And so that's where I started with the podcast. And then it started that I was going to have a co-host and then we just couldn't align our schedules. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to start recording. And then I just started recording and it just kind of took off with just me. So I was like, all right. Well, that's where we are, you know, so I do have guests come on and share time and space with me and their energy. And then there's sometimes just me going in on whatever the subject is. And, um, you know, it's crazy because those are the ones that, the, <laughs> that people text me about most. You know what I mean? And I'm like, OK, if that's what works for you and that's the energy you like. But it's just real talk. And it's, you know, real talk to an audience of people who are just like me. So another thing, I never listened to podcasts before I dropped my own podcast, which is crazy. But I never did. And then when I said I'm going to do one, I was like, all right, now when I'm in the gym on a treadmill, I'm going to listen to a couple podcasts. And when I started looking for to 
and creating a market for myself. And like I said, I worked in media before and at radio stations before, like Karen, who's your target audience? I started looking and this is what I came up with, okay? And don't get mad at me, but it'd be hurting people's feelings, but don't get mad at me. I found that for women of color, there was not enough range. It was either the Cardi B's of the world, and I like Cardi. I respect her game. I think she took her platform and did what she needed to do with it. So from a monetary point of view and career launch point of view, I respect it. But for my age, I ain't outside acting, behaving like that. I'm going I'm to hold somebody grandma. You know what I mean? So there was that group of women. And I was like, well, I don't fit in that box. And then I looked on the other side of it. And I was like, well, then there's the Gail and Oprah's who act like they never ate fried chicken from the corner store before. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all act like y'all was never from the hood. Like you never had a bad relationship. Like you never had to whip somebody ass. Like you never had to eat the, the greasy chicken that tastes good from the corner store. You know what I'm talking about. And I was like, Yes, and they also act like they too. They also look down on us black men. They all right, right. And so I felt like my everyday life um, was not either of these depictions of women. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not. I'm not the gals in the Oprahs. I ain't got that kind of money. I know where I came from. I know what it is when your mom cut your jeans and make you shorts and you just got to suck that up. I understand that. You know what I mean? I ate free school lunch. I know what it is, you know? But I'm also not the Cardis where we banging bottles over people head and cursing people out and fighting for no goddamn reason. You understand? <laughs> I'm not doing that either. Not when yeah. I'm somebody whole mama and, you know, I'm an educator. And so I needed to find something in the middle. And when I couldn't, I was like, all right, well, that's what I'm going to create. I'm going to create something somewhere in the middle of that where um, I'm affluent enough to know where I want to go and work hard and have ambition and go back to school and get a couple degrees under my belt and be able to do all those things and be a face and a voice. But I'm also the sister that, you know, go to the corner store and buy the five cent candy and wear $1. fifty flip flops. And, and I'm good with that, too. You know, and so when I thought about the podcast and what I wanted to create, that's what I came up with. That there's a woman in the middle of that who's navigating life and needs a voice. And I'm going to create that voice. Like, I don't always want to be stereotyped in either one of those situations. You know what I mean? And I've been in both. I've been in places where they just assume I'm a black woman. So, you know, they talk to me like, like I came off the street and I don't know any better. I've been in those situations. And then I've also been in the situations where like, okay, you're the token black girl and you got to like make sure your hair is blown out and your nails are not too long. And you know what I mean? You got to speak proper and, you know, and so I wanted to collaborate those two into one and create a podcast um, where, you know, it, it was for the women like me, the everyday normal women that eat chicken from the chicken spot and then wear the suit to work with the sneakers on. And <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and could could talk about the things that we need to talk about in a way that we could understand. You know, I still love hip hop culture. Everybody knows that about me. I love, love, love hip hop culture, the artists, the DJs, all that kind of stuff. Still be able to do all those things, but not be like the women on TV fussing and fighting and carrying on because now not all women are doing that. Yeah, and that's real. And I really do feel like women needed somebody to be that voice because not every woman's like that. And also not every black man is like that too. So we people are they they just assume right. we just what they see on TV and that's that right. And that's what we solid. celebrate as a community, which is crazy. You know what I mean? And again, I'm not knocking the women hustle. If the opportunity arises, I'm pretty sure I probably would take it because it's a, it's a platform. But at the same time, like we celebrating people fighting and carrying on. We celebrating people not pushing along education. We celebrating sexism and don't even know it. Classism and don't even know it. Racism and don't even know it. Like, you know what I mean? So I, I wanted to create something where I'm still talking to you every day. Like I, you know, like I'm on the block, but I'm not on the block. And so I could tell you from experience how to navigate the water. That's real. That's real. That's something, that's something we definitely need in the community. And also, I totally feel you on that podcasting thing because before I dropped Look at Talk, I really wasn't in the podcast. But now I'd be listening to podcasts if I'm like doing something or if I'm planning shows, I'm listening to somebody else's podcast. And I'm definitely listening to other people's podcasts right. if I'm going to have them on my podcast. So that way, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I'm doing my homework on them, you know what I'm saying? So that way, I know what topics I can put for their podcast. 
get how they really feel getting the behind the scoop on them. So yeah. I totally feel you on that. So what hurdles did you personally face in, in your personal life and how did you overcome them to get to the point where you have this successful podcast and you're um, a successful educator? I think the most successful thing I've done in life today is to realize that one, you can't measure your success against anybody else's success. The starting line is not the same for all of us and the finish line is not the same for all of us. So if you're measuring success by where somebody else is, then you're always going to be at a deficit. So that was one of the things I learned. And the second thing I think for me in my life to make me be able to get where I am to be able to have these conversations is um, I think it was when I got divorced. I woke up one day, I kid you not. I woke up one day, I sold mortgages before I sold radio. I sold mortgages. Um, I got divorced. Like the, the market had crashed. I got divorced. I lost my house. Like I woke up one day and I didn't have nothing left. Like I was, I went from being like a successful woman with like an 800 credit score, driving a Mercedes, all this kind of stuff to waking up one day and I didn't have nothing left. Everything was gone. My career was gone. Um, my marriage was gone. My house was going, my car was like, everything was gone. Um, and it was when I realized that the material things in my life were not that important. And I started to work on myself that I really started to feel successful. It's crazy, right? Because you would think, well, dad, you had, you know, you got a big house, you got all these things, you've had all these things in your life, you should, you've had success. And I, I didn't realize until they were all taken away, what those little, the successes of my life really were. And I remember uh, when I got divorced, I left, my husband didn't leave me, I left, I left him in the house, I was like, I'm gonna stay in here. And I left and I walked out of that house. And I remember thinking to myself, well, all of the things in there could be replaced, but my sanity is not going to be able to be replaced. And so when I realized that the material things weren't important and that I needed to work on myself um, to reach my best success, that's I think that's been the most successful experience in my life. It was a hard lesson to learn, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me because now I'm so humble. And I have nice things now too, but I'm so humble in who I am as a person and so humble in other people's stories because I know what it feels like to have that story of your own and have to, you know, evolve through it and come through it on the other end. Wow, that's real. So getting back to divorce, yeah, I, you do cover dating relationships a lot. So what did you, uh, what did you learn about yourself from that divorce. Um, really? You want me to get deep with you right now? <laughs> um, you want to know the truth? What did I learn? Yeah. I learned that the typical relationship that I thought was a healthy relationship or that I learned from somebody else. And I think, and this is where it gets deep. I think as women, especially women of color, we don't know how to have healthy relationships because we don't see healthy relationships, right? If our parents are not still married and some of our parents are still married and that relationship's not necessarily healthy, just because two people still married don't mean it's a healthy relationship. Um, but even the relationships we see on TV, the relationships we see in our everyday life, we're constantly complaining. We're just taught naturally as women to constantly complain about the situation that we're in and not really nurture the situation we're in, right? Even if you're on Instagram and you're following people, it's always like, I don't need him. I don't need this. I don't. And, you know, it wasn't until I got divorced and I grew up. I literally grew up that I was like, wait a minute, this person is supposed to be my partner. This person is supposed to be somebody that I love. This is how you love someone, right? You nurture them. You take care of them. They're your best friend. You're like, we're not complaining. We're not fighting all the time. And that's what we see on TV. We're not fighting all the time. We're not like, this is someone you choose to be with. You don't get to choose who your children are. You don't get to choose who your mama is, but you get to choose your partner. And I think going through a process where you learn how to be healthy with yourself makes you be able to be healthy and love somebody else. And a lot of people are in relationships and they're not ready. They're not ready because they haven't done the work on themselves, And then they don't know what that healthy relationship is supposed to look like. Like if y'all fighting every day, kicking each other, cursing at each other, some people are not physically fighting, but the way they speak to each other. Just the simple way, and I know as a as a man of color, you understand that like there's some women talking down to you. Like you can't get up every day and be talking down to somebody like that. Oh, you're stupid. You're this. You get on my nerves. Da, da, da. That's just negative energy. Negative energy. Ne what do you think is going to happen? Yes. What you, what you think is happening is that man is going to get up and leave because I guarantee you, 
what you're doing, what you're doing him, somebody else ain't doing to him. That other person that may be going to is giving him the nurturing. The so I think as a society him, so of women, we need to change that mindset. Not only do we need to change it for ourselves, because we're harming ourselves doing that, right? I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything that you speak out your mouth is a spell. Right. And so if you're constantly spitting, spewing negativity, you're just living in that negativity. You yourself is living in that negativity that you putting on somebody else. But now let's just say hypothetically, you're in a household with two children. Now, this is what the kids are learning. This is what a young boy is learning, how he should be treated, because this is what he sees. And this is what a young lady is learning, because this is what she sees. And then what happens? We just have a vicious cycle that keeps going and going and going. Because nobody ever said, okay, this is not okay. This is not healthy. This is not how we're supposed to be doing this. And I'm pretty sure it goes way back, you know, to slavery and families being broken up and, you know, people feeling inferior for whatever reasons and things like that. But, but you know what? We, at some point, we have to learn and say, you know what? We're going to do better. And we're going to be better people and we're going to be better people to ourselves. We're going to be better people to our partner. We're going to be better to our children. And then try to create that. Try at the very least to create that. Yeah. Yes, I definitely feel like we definitely need to try and create that. So do you think this generation of people coming up now are trying that now that we are taking the effect, now that we're taking... Um, mental health seriously now. Um, I think mental health health is getting better, but I don't necessarily think people are realizing that they are flawed in who they are, right? And I think when we look at mental health, we're looking at people like, oh, they're suffering from depression, when they're suffering from anxiety, they're suffering from you know whatever those named disorders are. But there's just someone, there's some people that are like, okay, why are you constantly mean every day? Why are you angry? Why are you angry at a person you chose to be in a relationship with? Like you, they need to look at those things and be reflective, you know? And if you have to say, uh-uh, well, this is not the person I want. He did this and he did that. Then maybe y'all not supposed to be together. Mm-hmm. And also what I've also noticed is there's so many people that are so quick to point the blame at other people instead of looking at what you did because at the end of the day exactly. only control is what you do and how you react to it and a lot of people they don't realize that they're so quick to be like what this person did well right well, and then again I go back to talking about relationships and the fact that like you choose to be with this person you don't have to you don't have to. You have to be a mother exactly. or father to your children. You have to be a son or a daughter to your parents. You don't have to be with this person. So if it's a constant game that you're playing, why are you playing that game? And at what point are you going to say, all right, this is not the game for me. I'm out. And it's okay. I think a lot of people date and they date someone and they assume, well, let me change them or let me fix them or let me complain about everything and make it work. What we should be thinking is like, let me date someone. Oh, wow, this person is really great, but it's not the person for me. And that's okay. It's okay to be like, I met this person. I really like them. They're cool people, but I didn't see myself being in a relationship with them. We didn't want the same things. We had different goals. It's okay to say, wow, this is a really amazing person. It's just not my person. Yes, that's real. But instead, people would just rather bash each other or feel like they need to fix somebody. It's like, when do people realize that at some point in time, you can't fix somebody. You just got to take them for their own. Now, the people that you can fix right. are the ones that are actively trying, you know what I'm saying? Right. A person got to want it better. Yeah, but I don't even think that's fixing someone. I think that's being patient. Yeah. Right? Because I'm not changing who you are. I'm, a yeah. I'm sitting here and watching you grow is different from I'm trying to change who you are. You know, and people are going to grow and they're going to become different people and you have to work yeah, at right. it. Right. A, a relationship takes work, but you you got to go in with the same mentality of trying to make it work, not the mentality of like, I'm going to beat you down and you're going to beat me down. You know, and that's what we see. That's what we see a lot. You know, and so on my show, I really tried to talk to women and men about just being better people for themselves and their children and in their relationships so that they are in a healthier place. Yes, yes, that's definitely real. That's one thing I said. Wow, you do be going in on being working on being a better person. It's like yeah, well, we don't have enough discussion about that. 
You know what I mean? We just, we get up, you know, the way, I don't know how anybody else was raised, but the way I was raised was like your mom and dad say, go to school every day and you grow up and that's it. No one ever really tells you like, okay, you need to work on these things or you need to be a better person or you need to be more patient or you need to understand who you are and what your needs are so that you can share that with somebody else. We don't have those conversations. So how does one learn that? They don't, they, they either don't, or they learn when some shit happens to them in their life. And then they're like, oh shit, you know what I mean? And by then it's good, but you know, I don't know how old you're going to be when that happens or what the circumstances are going to be when that happens. And so yeah. I really try to have conversations that enlighten people to kind of be really be reflective on themselves. Yes. You have to reflect on yourselves because we, that's what we, one thing we got to instill in the future generations that you got to hold yourself accountable first because our parents' generations don't feel like the only thing they care about is us just finishing school and going Right. Don't get in any trouble. Don't get arrested. Don't get stuff. pregnant. Don't, you know what I mean? It was a lot of no, 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 don't, don't, don't. But it wasn't any of, you know, the guidance of like just how exactly. to navigate life and figure out yourself and then how to figure out that part of your life with somebody else. Yes, that's real. <laughs> so getting back to your podcast, of all the episodes you've done so far, this might be a tough one for you. Which one did you look back and you say, wow, um, I really have fun? I, two, I have two episode. things to answer that. Number one, I would say my number one episode to date still is Weak Bitch Tendencies. Um, and I recorded that episode. If you listen to it, you're gonna be like, oh my God, Karen, where were you? I actually recorded it in my car and in my closet. Um, and the episode was just about a, a woman like me, who, who was me, um, and just really having an honest talk about being a weak bitch and that we all been a weak bitch before. And we've all had weak bitch tendencies going back to being reflective, of course. Um, and, um, I was, it was very conflicting recording it because, you know, before you hit send, you're like, oh shit, man, this is real. Cause I went at the women. I went out, I was like, yo, if you doing this, 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 that's a weak bitch tendency. If you're doing this, 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 that's a weak bitch tendency. You know what I mean? And, um, it spoke a lot to what we were just saying about those, those behaviors that are not healthy. Right. Um, and at the end of it, I was like, oh my God, like, this is tough, Karen. Like, this is really tough. Like, people are gonna hate you. They're gonna come at you for this. Um, but I hit the send button anyway and I let it go. And uh it was it was amazing to see the feedback. Like I got so much feedback that we got weak bitch Tennessee t-shirts now. But um, <laughs> like no bitch Tennessee. No, because somebody texted me after they listened to it. Somebody DM me. I was like, oh my God, Karen, I've been a weak bitch. And I was like, and I wrote back and I was like, we all have. I can say that be, now. Be, I can tell you what it is because I've lived it. You know what I mean? And um, I just thought that that was like, for me, that was that was one of the episodes that I was like, damn, it was just, it was hard. It was really hard. And it was hard recording it because I was like, oh my God. But um, so that's one. Um, any of the uh, episodes that I do with the rappers or the DJs are always fun because- they're all, you know, they're, they're lyricists and it's poetry and the energy in the room is just nice because the music is vibing and you know what I mean? They're bringing that kind of energy stuff. So I definitely like working with the re the artists and the talent and stuff like that. Like I always enjoy those because it's, it's like a high when you're in the room recording. You don't even want to stop. You know what I mean? When you're in the room recording um, with any of the musicians because it's just so much fun. Yes, I definitely feel <laughs> on that. Going back to the weak bitch tendencies, what's some weak bitch tendencies you see today that you're like, when is this shit gonna stop? Oh and yeah, do I, I really do think a weak bitch tendencies, tendencies part, part two. two. So I have weak bitch tendencies one on one out. I have bitch nigga shit one on one out, which is um, the opposite of of um, weak bitch tendencies. Um, I think weak bitch tendencies is something that we always going to revisit because it's forever changing. But um, I do think a part two needs to come out definitely. And I will touch on that. Um, what is a weak bitch tendency? The episode is just about us as women having been weak bitches before in certain situations. Like if you outside some man house crying at two o'clock in the morning, like that's a weak bitch tendency, go home. 
Go home. Like he don't want you. If he's at the other woman house, then make a decision about what you're gonna do. But you out there crying this is a week. What you gonna do? That's a weak bitch tendency. You know what I mean? If you are not allowing a man to see his kid for whatever reason, unless he's like a crackhead and he gonna beat the kid or kidnap them or some crazy shit like that. If you are just spitefully taking using your child as a pawn, that's a weak bitch. I'm sorry. I, I know that we don't, you know, people go through things and we don't always get along. Trust me, I'm divorced. I understand that. But like to intentionally antagonize someone and use your kid, like that's a weak bitch tendency. Don't do that because that's your kid. Your kid going to turn around one day and be like, you never let me see my dad. Even let, let him hang himself if that's what has to get done. But don't take that away from your kid. That's not helping them. Later on in life, they're going to turn on you. So that's a weak bitch tendency. You know what I mean? So there's some there's some things that we do day to day that we have to, somebody needed to call you out and say, don't do that anymore, especially when you get to a certain age. You know, when you're 19 and you're 20 and you behave a certain way, okay, we let it go. When you're 40 years old, you got no business fighting over no drama or no dude, or, unless it's your kid or your mama. It's just a weak bitch tendency. You know, if you out on a date to brunch with your man and the two of y'all don't agree on something and you cursing him out in public, that's a weak bitch tendency. That's a weak bitch tendency. You take that shit home, you take it in the car, you deal with it wherever you got to deal, but you're not doing that on the street. That's a weak bitch tendency. And if you're a smart woman, all you're doing, it, all, if, you, if you're a stupid woman, what you're doing is you leaving the door open for some other woman to slide in there when she sees some shit like that. That's what you're doing. Cause you degraded that man in front of somebody yeah. else. You think you winning with, you know, with an S on your chest. All some chick is going to do is come right after and be like, damn, that was messed up. Next thing you know, he at her house. If y'all got drama, it's okay. Not everybody get along every day, but there's a time mm -hmm. and a place. You, I ever go out with people and I see them arguing like that. I'm not here. That's a weak bitch tendency. Or if it's a guy doing it to his girl, that's some bitch nigga shit. <laughs> that is some bitch. If you put your hands on a woman, that is some bitch nigga shit. I mean, if you, you know, fucking up, not... that's some bitch nigga shit. If you that have to get to that point, and women too, because women hit men too. Oh, don't yeah, think I'll... it's don't think I've seen a couple of relationships oh, where there's dudes getting beat on too, and I don't I don't condone that at all. And as an educator, I I really don't like it. I don't like when the girls put their hands on the boys at school. I hate it because the minute the a girl put their hand, the boys play around. It's not a problem, even though they're kicking them in the balls, all that kind of stuff, thinking it's funny, right? But then the minute uh, a boy do that to a girl, then the mom at school talk about he hit my daughter. Right. So I'm not with it. I think that everybody needs to keep their hands to themselves respectively. But but as a woman, I don't think Thank just because, you. you know, there's this idea in your head that, well, I'm a woman. He can't put his hands on me. I've raised three kids. I always told him, don't hit nobody if you're not prepared to get hit back. It don't matter who it is, but there's women out here that are that are beating on men. That's some bitch nigga shit. And that's some weak bitch Tennessee. Turn around and leave. You don't got to be there. You don't gotta be there. Yeah. You don't gotta be there. Yeah, she you you really don't have to be there. Domestic violence is definitely weak, weak minded shit and it needs to be stopped. And now what do you think of this trend of domestic um, violence? I don't going up I think that that's quarantine? people that have been spending too much time together and don't know how to control this stuff. But I also think it goes back to reflection and like are we antagonizing each other or y'all just antsy in the house? You know what I mean? And someone might need to go take a walk. You might need to go take a hot bath. So you need to reflect on yourself first to see why this is happening. That's what I say about it, right? We can blame each other all we want, but what am I doing to contribute to the situation? That's one. And not everybody contributes to I understand there's some people that are like, well, I didn't do nothing. And then also we have to look at like, okay, is this has this always happened in your relationship? And if it has, then you don't need to be in this relationship. Why are you with somebody who keep beating the shit out of you? Male or female. So I think just quarantine time has kind of made people be forced to be in close quarters where they would usually be out doing something else. But then I also think like, okay, if this has been going on in this relationship for a while, then quarantine ain't got nothing to do with it. It's just that now it's happening more frequently we calling the cops. You know, and again, that happened more than one, two times in a relationship. Y'all need to really, really rethink what the hell's going on. Somebody got some anger management issues. Somebody got some other kind of issues. But we need to, it's not working. You cheating. It's not working. Son, not working.
Yes, it's it's definitely not working. Something is definitely not working in that relationship. Yeah, something. Y'all need to go to counseling. Y'all need to y'all need to do something. Y'all need to get this something right if it keeps that recurring theme. And also, if you keep getting beat on and you keep going back, and like I said, I I feel like also I I'm gonna have a guest coming on my show too. Um, who whose brother was a a a victim of domestic violence and um. I also think that men need to understand that too, because there's a lot of men who get abused and be like, oh, well, women just act like that, or she just act like that, or she just bugging right now. Like, bro, like if you're fighting and carrying on and, you know, your car's keyed up and your tires are flat, at some point in time, that's not normal, bro. Like, I wouldn't want someone to do that to my brother. I wouldn't want someone to do that to my father. I definitely don't want nobody to do that to my son. So, like, there's a lot of men I feel who are also in unhealthy relationships, but because of the stigma of women, they think that that's normal. Like it's not normal. It's not normal that somebody hit you in the head with a frying pan. That's not normal. <laughs> look, it, it's not normal. And honestly, look, thank God I have a sister because if a woman tried tried it with me, man, all that yeah, is it's crazy because there's a lot of guys that no, like, oh, she's just right crazy. She just be acting like that. Up, like you know she in her mood, but that's not. Like, there's a difference from somebody's in a bad mood and, like, you're getting beat up and it's costing you money and your lips scratched, your face is scratched. That's not normal. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy. Why are you in that situation? And why does sis think that that's okay? Yes, I don't want... Yes. That is not okay. And in no situation is that okay. Domestic violence is not okay. But we can definitely spend a lot of time talking about domestic violence. But let's lighten the mood up a little bit. Well, how do uh, talk to me about the wifey type versus the smash and smash, smash and pass? I don't think I know. I think guys know. So maybe you should tell us. But I really believe that. So I did that episode because I felt like there was a lot of women talking about their wifey types, but they really weren't. Like your mama know you not a wifey type. You let the plant die. You ain't nobody wife. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? You can't boil water. Y'all have to know how to eat a cup of noodles. Like, you know, so I feel like there's a lot of women who, who think in their head that they're wifey tights, you know, but they're not. And so that's why I did that episode because I was like, and not to say that a wife only cooks and cleans because that's not only what wives do. They're there for emotional support and they're nurturers and they love it. But I just think that there was a, like some women don't know which category they fit in. You know, and the episode was really about the fact that not where not where the guys put us, because I really do think men size women up and they pretty much know who they will fuck and who they will have a relationship with. I think they know that. I think they know that almost not instantaneously, but very close to, you know, you could correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I feel like with some guys it take us a little bit to figure you out or whether not we know if you're the wifey type yeah. or you're just the the one night stand type, you know what I'm saying? So and then sometimes guys be getting it wrong because it'd be the wifey types that they're getting the one yeah. night stands and the ones that you just Yeah, but I think that's past, a that's that's clickbait. That's so clickbait like because gets it wrong. I think in those situations that guy just caught up in the sex. You know what I mean? I don't think he meant to wife her. I think he just, it was clickbait. And he got sucked in. So do you think is that that's why a lot of women um, get yeah. sucked in? With well, I don't think dudes? it's just sex. I think sometimes women like a little bit of bad boy. I think they like a little opposition sometimes. I think they like a challenge sometimes. And then, you know, you end up picking the wrong challenge because it's too challenging. You know what I mean? Or women sometimes are superficial. You know what I mean? They want the guy with the nice body and the nice car that makes the money and take me out. And really, that's a nice guy. But he not, you know, he's not trying to settle down with you. He got the option to settle down and keep going out with whoever he wants. And so now you hung up on somebody that really didn't have any plans to, to yeah. is not in a place in their life really where they want to settle down. Exactly. That's why I feel like people need to be honest. No, y'all still going to have that madness. And I'm going to tell you why. Have this and this, and I go hard on the ladies. Because I've seen men, actually, I know a couple men who have told women in the beginning, I don't want a relationship. 
I don't want a relationship. I got out of a relationship a couple years ago. I'm chilling right now. Let's just chill. I don't want a relationship. You know that girl still stay around two, three years trying to hold together the same relationship he said he didn't want? <laughs> so... What the fuck is wrong with those women? I do think there's times. I do think there's times where men are honest and like women just don't want to. They just think they're gonna change the situation or they think they're gonna make something different out of the situation. And then they'll be like, "Well, why is he hanging out with you? Because he like hanging out with you, but he didn't say he wanted a relationship. He don't want you checking in where he is. He and they just still be going. They just still be trying to force it. And I've seen it happen before. I know a couple dudes that was like, I told her from the jump, I didn't want a relationship. Like I told her from the beginning, she still stay around and trying to make a relationship. So I, I think the difference between men and women is something that we have to look at because, you know, and because and us as women, too, we just we just want to answer how we want to answer or we take the answer, you know, what we want. And I don't think men are that complicated. I think I think women are way more complicated than men. Like a man will tell you straight up, I want to eat a steak. I'm not hungry. Yeah. It's hot in here. <laughs> you know what I mean? A woman is, you know, you'll tell her I don't want a relationship. And then she'll be like, but he calls me every day and he comes over every night. So what that means? It means he coming over, but he still don't want no damn relationship. That's what it means. <laughs> yeah, but that's what maybe, it is. And I think sometimes we, as women, we've been trying maybe to interpret it into something deeper or make it into something. It's exactly what he said it is. I'm coming over. We going to chill. We going to fuck. But I'm not your man. And we have to, as women, we have to just take what somebody says and just understand the honesty in it. And then a lot of times people will be like, well, why do men lie? Because when I tell you the truth, you didn't listen to me. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> it's like, it sounds like from what I'm hearing, <laughs> no, I don't condone all whole, men behavior because some men be out here acting I really a fool. I, I, I do and know that. I do feel like there are some men out here driving I these women crazy did. on another level, too, right? I you know what I mean? He's not telling her the truth. He's not coming home at night. Like, there are dudes out here that are not doing the right thing. And, and then you're going to cause domestic violence on yourself because now she acting crazy. And they're going to be like, why is she acting crazy? Because you've been lying to her. You know? So I think there has to be a median in between and, you know, of, mm -hmm. of what she sets for standards, what he sets for his standards and then how it comes together so that we can understand each other. But I tell women all the time, like, they be like, Karen, what does that mean? I'd be like, exactly what he said. That's what it mean. And then, so what should I do? Get on with your life. Chill until he call you and say, let's go out again. And then when he call you, if you want to go, you go, if you don't want to go, you don't go. If you want to say, you know what? I want a relationship. Then say that. And if he says, I don't want one, then he's allowed to say that. Then you make a decision. You want to keep hanging out with him or you want to go your separate ways. That's real. That's definitely real. That's definitely real because keeping it 100, I definitely agree um, I'm a Hennessy drinker. So tell me this. What's your favorite look of the drink? <laughs> I am a Hennessy drinker. 110 oh, yes. Like straight up, <laughs> straight up too. Straight up too. Yes. Oh, she like it straight too. No, nah, because I had a I had a guest from New York, man. This man went in on how Hennessy is just nasty. I'm like, bro, I want to tell my he cool now. Me and him are tight, but I did want to tell him like, look, not all liquor is meant to taste um, good, you know. I feel like Hennessy does the job, and if you drink enough know. of it, it tastes just fine. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not really a girly girl with all them pretty drinks exactly. and stuff like that. I'm like, I let's get down it. to business. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's get down to it. Yes, like, that's for brunch. That you know what I mean? So I have. Real. I don't even drink margaritas yes. and pina coladas. All that. I I did drink some tequila here soon since quarantine. But um, yeah, most of the time I'm like, I'll just drink. I'll just drink my henny, and it does its job. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you real nah, I mean, that's you that's just for the pictures. But like, you know, maybe when I'm on vacation. Real but like, if shit. I'm home, no, we're just gonna, you know, <laughs> if I'm hanging out with my friends, we're just gonna drink the Henny and that's that. <laughs> give me the damn Ooh, Hennessy. Yeah, she said, yeah. Gonna give, me the, give me the damn Hennessy. <laughs> that, that is what's up. That is dope. So tell me this. What, I think men, um, I talk to the women just as much as I talk to, to the men. Um, I definitely think that 
they can walk away with something about the expectations of being a man. So I have a a, a snippet that's up. Um, I just put it up on Instagram yesterday, but it's also um one of my podcasts where it's called um Men Go Through Shit Too. And um, it was just me basically, again, another episode I just recorded in my car um, where I was talking to women for the sake of men and just saying like, you know, particularly for men of color, like it's already hard enough out there in the world, right? We got we to gotta deal with the financial burdens. We got to deal with the, the economics. We got to deal with the relationships we have outside of the house. We got to deal with the police. We got to deal with, you know, taking care of the kids. We got all of those things. And are we giving men a space just to be a man? Are we giving men a space to be weak? You know what I mean? Because it's always like, you need to do this and you need to do that and take care of me and take care of the kids and be strong, be strong, be strong. And and yes, that's what we expect of our man to be strong, but there needs to be a time and a place and a space in his life where he can get frustrated, where he can get tired and not take it out on anyone, just simply for a moment, put it down. And so um, I think that that was important. I actually did that episode and a lot of the men loved it because they was like, damn, Kay, you had on. Um, because I think sometimes as as women, we're constantly expecting this person to be Mufasa all the time. You know what I mean? And that's cool. You know what I mean? But there is a time where even the strongest of us and the best of us get tired and get weak and need. And, and so the opposite, the episode goes on to talk about as a woman, how can you appeal to that? Right. And some days it's going to be, you know, get up, babe, you need to find a new job. I'm going to go get the kids. Let's do this. Let's do that. And I'm going to help you. And other days you, you probably got to pour the man a drink. You probably got to suck his dick or fuck him. And then you just got to leave him alone because that's what he needs. You know, and so that's what the episode was about. And I think it's really important for men to have a voice like that, too. And for for him to he probably can't say that to his woman, but for him to be like, yo, babe, you need to listen to her. <laughs> you know what I mean? You need to listen to this because at least allow it to open a conversation in your home with your partner so that you guys can talk about something like that. You know, because sometimes someone needs to cry and it's not always the woman. Sometimes someone needs to be frustrated for whatever something happened at work. I lost my job. This happened. I'm scared. My kid might need surgery. Well, who knows? But just giving a man an opportunity to be a man, but to also have a place where he can kind of put the shit that he carries around day to day just down for a minute. So I did. That's Hey, you is one of the realest ones I've ever had on the podcast, man, because I, I never heard a black woman just sound like this, just having a, a one that just has our backs, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of what I see on social media is- But that's the problem. And then that's the same man that does not want to be with that woman by women. That is the same man who is then going to go out and want to be with someone else. Or be held hostage in a relationship exactly. that he don't want to be in, but nobody's nurturing him. And, you know, I didn't think about these things when I was married. I learned them later on in life. But I also know that I'm somebody's mother and I have a son. And I would want my son to not feel weak because he needs to cry. To not feel bullied because, you know, he can't provide the way he wants to provide. You know, to not be broken or not have a space where he could just be like, yo, today was fucking rough. Today was rough and I don't want to come home and argue and I don't want to come home and fight. I just want to sit with whatever it is that I'm feeling and allow your partner to either help or leave me the fuck alone. And sometimes as women, we got to have that conversation like your man, you can't fix everything. Listen. Right. That's another thing with women. We try to fix everything. Certain things you can't fix. Right. You got to pour it. Some, like I said, cook his favorite meal and that might make him happy. It might be let him watch football it might be let him go out with his friends it might be in the episode it says tell him to have a poker night and then go to your room that's what it says in the episode tell his friends they could come over plan a poker night so he can hang out with his boys and then go get a book and take your ass to the room and don't come out because sometimes what a person need don't necessarily mean you got to give it to them right you just need to give them a space so they could feel fulfilled in whatever it is that they're feeling. And that's part of being a partner. Yes, that's real. I'm glad you said it. I'm glad you, somebody sees it 
and somebody is holding people accountable. Not to say not a lot of women do, but I've encountered a lot of ones that would just rather just poke Yeah, but that's unhealthy. Again, it goes back to those healthy relationships and reflection. What when a woman cries normal, when a man cries, no, we you know, you want to make him feel bad about it. But sometimes the weight is heavy. Sometimes the weight is heavy, and it's a lot heavy for it's a lot heavier for our men. It's heavy for us women, but it's a lot heavier for our men, especially at the shit that's going on politically in the world. Just coming home safe is hard work. <laughs> yes, coming home safe is definitely hard work. And please, I, I feel like you know, I know you're gonna be so mad at me, Mr. Jones, but I feel like if you want to drink it, go ahead, go ahead, because you're dumb. It got no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I saw a story. That it yes, makes no I saw it I too. Saw I was like, you know what, your dumb ass. Go ahead if you're dumb. That's like when your mama always bike. tell you, if you see people jumping off a bridge, you're going to jump off a bridge? Go ahead. <laughs> if you if you want, go ahead. <laughs> you want to touch like, go ahead. Yeah. Or when go your ahead. mama tell you, don't so, touch So now the same COVID-19 you was trying to get, try not to die from, you're going to die from bleach. Go ahead. <laughs> now they got burns in their inside. Go ahead. I don't know who in, <laughs> who in your right mind would do that. Go ahead. <laughs> who in the right mind? Who in the right mind? The president who, told me. Bro, he can't tell nobody. His wife don't listen to him. That would took me. That woman is so like, miserable. Like I hope she bite him for the sake of us already. because she didn't take him for the team. She looks so miserable. Like she, she don't did. look like she. She's like, I didn't sign up for this. I thought he'd be dead by now. <laughs> She's like, yo, I just wanted a sugar daddy. I didn't sign up for all this. I don't want this. I signed up this no, first lady. I, you see how mm, 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 she's just on the payroll now for the sake of it. She said she wasn't even moving into the White House. She don't stay in New York. She don't, don't want to be with that man. And she got to be with him after he was paying the prostitute. So, right? Because remember, he paid off the prostitute oh, lady. Damn. <laughs> damn. She's stupid too, because I'd have got him for half a million. She yeah, got $100,000. I'd have been like, oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, he did. That's grade C celebrity. You the president of the United States. I'm going for about three point yeah, five million. Yeah, shit. <laughs> yeah, you got what? You got a hundred thousand? That's like you. You should definitely get your bag. You know, money case. after money. You know what I mean? When you're the president, that I would have held out for five million. I I'm gonna drop this shit to every newspaper if y'all don't wire that money tonight by twelve. It would have been like a hostage situation. <laughs> This negotiation. <laughs> Hell yeah. Look, I'm at Yes, yes. Right hundred thousand dollars. You can't buy much with a hundred thousand. I'd have been set for life I'm, after that. I mean, if she had to take that, she should have been set for life. <laughs> she should have she, she held yeah, out. She, she should have held out for more money. Like she wasn't worth a hundred thousand. <laughs> she, she did damn sure should have. Okay, lastly, <laughs> right. <laughs> lastly, um, I think that it's fun. So we've gotten into some really deep conversation podcast. today, but it's usually fun and funny. Um, so aside from me dropping knowledge, I'm actually like retarded and I play around a lot and I joke a lot and I'm a prankster and a jokester and it's always funny. And so I really think it's a lighthearted, real, honest way to just have a good time. You know what I mean? Even though we're talking about serious subjects, sometimes it's just some feel-good Friday fuckery. And that's really, I try to keep it lighthearted and honest and sweet and fun so that people walk away with a vibe feeling good. That's actually why it drops every Friday because it drops in time for Friday fuckery. And then Fridays on Instagram, I do Friday fuckery all day. And it's really just, that just came from, you know, when you go to work on Friday and you just be like, I'm, I'm work till about 12 o'clock and then the rest of the day, I'm just gonna be bullshitting here. 
that was the feel that I wanted to have to the podcast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, so for every Friday I do my Friday fuckery. We drop the podcast every Friday. Um, so that people could just, you know, have that little bop in your step on Friday and, you know, you feel good for the weekend and, you know, we bring some knowledge, we bring some music, we bring some energy and people just have a good time, you know, and that's what I want. That's real. Yes. And I want to tell you, thank you for coming. Thank on. you for having me. We definitely had a really good talk late. Miss Karen, I do appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? Like I tell all my guests, it was a pleasure. Like I tell all of my guests, yes. I might be in Florida, but when you ready for me to I got come on you. the Seth Live podcast, we'll I'm set only that a up. DM or an email away. So we we definitely, yeah, we definitely got to set that up because I'm looking forward to returning Lovely. to some, um guest episodes because I've had a lot of guests. So I'm looking forward to returning some episodes. So when whenever you're ready, course. you just gotta shoot me that email. Thank that you DM. so much for having me. We'll definitely make it happen. Hey y'all, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I thank you. Thank you. And I thank you to listen, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Look at Talk podcast. This was the another exclusive round. Today my guest was held from New York and she told her story, y'all. And I hope y'all enjoy it. Go check out her podcast, Seth Loud. Go check out the Look at Talk. Go ahead and subscribe because we drop a new episodes. This is that podcast that's taken over <laughs> for the 20 and the 21. This is the thing that coronavirus cannot stop. This is Look and Talk, ladies and gentlemen. Until the next time, remember to always 